Well, good morning and welcome. Happy Sunday to you guys out there in uh, on the other end of the screen in your homes. Lots of house churches gathering today to celebrate Jesus Christ and that stone rolled away. Church, we serve a risen Savior. And we gather together in our homes today to celebrate that very thing. Thanks for joining us online and being a part of our time uh, together. You know, as we have been live streaming this morning, just watching the folks who are joining us, uh, not only locally, but all around the world. We've got house churches that are meeting right now in Grand Prairie, in Arlington, in Duncanville, in Irving, uh, up in Kansas, in Oklahoma. Uh, we've got folks joining us in Florida and Arkansas, even Kenya, Africa, Honduras, and Brazil. We appreciate you guys joining us in this moment of worship, this time to be together to celebrate an incredible Savior that we have in Jesus Christ who will provide everything that we need, whether times are great or times are in question. It doesn't matter. We serve a great Savior. I want to mention, too, that I continue to hear great stories about how you are being children of light in the communities and neighborhoods in which you live. So many of you are calling and checking on family, friends, coworkers, neighbors. You're taking groceries and dropping them off to single-parent families. You're doing what you can to educate your kids while they're out of school. And generally just coming together as people of God, showing this world what it means to live in community, not only with God, but with each other too. Thank you so much for being people who are shining the light wherever you might find yourself. And, and although the doors are closed currently on all churches, and specifically this morning we're talking about Crosspoint, it doesn't mean that our mission has canceled. And you guys continue to step forward and give monetarily toward the mission effort that's going on in kingdom work from Crosspoint. Whether that is our missionaries that we're supporting in mission works abroad, uh, locally here in the United States, or just helping families who are in desperate need right now here locally, we thank you you uh, as leadership here at Crosspoint for giving toward continuing our mission to let other people see the light, to know Jesus Christ and his story, and to be glorified in that process. We want Jesus to be lifted up in all ways. So thanks for joining us in that moment. And you know, we're all worried about lots of things. Is there light at the end of the tunnel? Is there something we can look forward to? Is there better news on the horizon? We've all worried about things along the way. And I want to stop for just a moment because, you know, last night, yesterday, rather, uh, a tornado hit uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. And no doubt there were other places that were devastated along the way. I've got ministry friends that are in Jonesboro working uh, at a church there. And I want to take just a moment, if you would bow with me, and we're going to ask God to bless that community as they recover from that hard-hit storm that hit their town. Let's pray together. God, this morning we come to you in fervent prayer that you would be with our brothers and sisters, those that live in the community of Jonesboro, Arkansas, that you would lift their spirits, that you would help them bind together in solidarity as they move forward in the recovery process. Uh, Lord, what a tragic event. And we pray, God, that you would be with those on the ground there that are working to help in every way possible. God, we thank you for your spirit that's present in this mess. We thank you for your spirit that never leaves us no matter what is going on in our life. Thank you, God, for Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we offer this prayer. Amen. 
Well, as I said, you know, we, we all have things that we worry about along the way. And I'm thinking all the way back to my junior high year in high school, 1985. And uh, I gotten my first car, my first car. My dad and I had gone a couple of towns away. We discovered what I thought was an incredible find in the moment. I was very excited to buy that 1978 Buick Regal Turbo. It was a two-door car, silver on the outside. There was a small scoop on the hood. It was red inside. And I remember for a couple of weeks just driving to school, how incredibly proud I was and living into that moment, driving around town. In the little town we grew up in, the thing to do on Friday night was cruise Main Street. And so getting to show off my car was a big deal for a guy that was still in high school. And it was my car. I had monthly payments, but hey, I owned it anyway. And I was so glad. And then two weeks after I got it, I don't know what happened, but the engine kind of began to malfunction. It began to burn some oil. And now I was getting attention that I really didn't want. I mean, I was driving through town with loads of smoke kind of billowing out the tailpipe. It was kind of an embarrassing situation, to be honest. My pride was hurt. And uh, pulling up into school with the smoke going everywhere, I was super worried about, number one, okay, I've got these car payments to make. I need to get the engine fixed. That's going to take some some money and some time. Uh, Everyone's looking at me now for all the wrong reasons. I was anxious and worried about a lot of things in the moment. And I know right now is far deeper a concern than my car is smoking uh, out the tailpipe in high school. But we've all got things that we worry about. And it could be any number of things. You and I were worrying about some things before this current coronavirus actually hit. And what I found is that the things that that we are anxious about reveal some things about us in our own life. What we worry about reveals about what we value most in life. Have you ever thought about that? What we worry about most reveals what we value most in life. And so if you worry about your kids, uh, clearly they're near the top of the list. If you worry about your marriage, it's near the top of the list. If you worry about your finances, your work environment, uh, if you worry about giving glory to God, that's at the top of your list. But the things that we worry about most reveal what we value most. But it also does something else for us to remember as followers of Christ. What we worry about most also reveals where we trust God the least. Because if you're like me, you want to control what's going on in your world. You want to control the flow of finances and that move up the corporate ladder. You want to control what your kids are doing, at least when they're at home. And it doesn't really end when they leave home. You want to control how good and and interactive your marriage is. You want to control uh, what sickness is coming in and out of your house. And because we, as human beings, like to control things, sometimes that gets over and above our own trust in the promises that God has given us. What we worry about the most reveals where we really trust God the least. And worry, you see, is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. 
Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises that God has made to us, that he's going to walk with us no matter what's going on in life, no matter what you're experiencing right now, the crisis that's in front of us, what's happening around us, God has promised that he'll always be with us. And so no matter what is happening in your life, whether it's you're trying to control the number of hours maybe you're getting at work and and the cash flow that's coming in and out of your house, whether you're going to be able to make that mortgage payment or what your kids are doing in in the process, God's promise that he's going to be with us through all of our relationships and whatever might be happening in our life. You see, Paul reminds us about a perspective that we need to have as children of light when it comes to leaning into the worry and anxiety that this world can throw our way. And so if you're at home right now, I don't know if you're around the kitchen table, maybe you're on, uh, on the, kitchen, the, the, the couch, rather, maybe you're gathered in the living room, wherever you might be, go ahead and grab a Bible because we're going to start out in Philippians chapter 4 this morning. And I want you to follow along with me. Text is going to be on the screen as well if you don't have a Bible near you, but I invite you to grab that Bible because there's going to be some things that you'll want to highlight, underscore, and kind of put an exclamation point behind as we live out our current scenario in the culture in which we live. I mean, you and I are forever going to know 2020, the spring of 2020, is the year that the coronavirus kind of stopped everybody in their tracks. And truly, there's no one alive that's experienced this kind of pandemic before. You and I are living out, all of us together, in the newness of this thing and what it actually means. And we're all getting very creative in how we live life, how we journey together, what we do. And I continue to hear these incredible stories of what families are doing to be creative together. We are learning to gather around the dinner table again. And we're pouring into each other's lives. We're holding each other up and affirming one another. We're learning how to be great neighbors again. We're we're learning how to get along and ration toilet paper. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on in our life that we're having to get creative with, whether that's how we order online, how we get groceries into the house, how we're even worshiping together this morning. I've even seen some very creative dance videos that some of you have kind of plugged into the app TikTok, and it's kind of an interesting site. Keep those videos coming. They're pretty creative, and uh, we appreciate you entertaining us along the way. I want to remind you a little bit about the letter that we have. Now, we tend to call it the books of the New Testament, but Philippians that Paul writes is actually a letter to that first century church, and he wants to remind them in their current position how to lean into the story of God, how to not be so worried and anxious about what's going on around them. You see, Paul becomes a Christian uh, about 52 AD, and then he writes this letter about 62 AD, and he's actually in prison in Rome. He's under house arrest. He's chained to a Roman guard. And even in the process of all of that, Paul is going to talk about and remind us as children of light why we should not be worried and anxious about anything. The Philippian church actually collected some monies to send to him while he's under house arrest, and he was there for about two years. But here's Paul, who is not leaving his home, and many of us can resonate with that right now. We're not able to leave our home like Paul, but he's chained to a Roman guard, and he knows that eventually he's probably going to lose his life for the cause of Christ. And yet he's able to write this incredibly encouraging letter 
amidst the crisis that he currently faces. And you know what he says to that church that is sending him money? He writes back and he reminds them and us today, church, that nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. Isn't that something to say amen about? I mean, we are such a blessed people, children of light who are following the light of the world and realizing that no matter what disaster happens, no matter what crisis comes, no matter if it's in good times or bad times, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Man, what an encouraging moment that Paul reveals to each and every one of us. Because see, Paul has seen the faithfulness of God throughout his entire life. Paul has seen the faithfulness of God when he's been stoned and left for dead outside of a city gate. He's seen the faithfulness of God when he was hungry and had no food to eat. He's seen the faithfulness of God when he's been in prison more than once. He's seen the faithfulness of God when he's been on the run from people who wanted to take his life. He's seen the faithfulness of God when he's been shipwrecked and on the high seas for days on end. Church, we serve an incredible God and his faithfulness is revealed to us each and every day. As children of light, we can rejoice in the fact that we serve an incredible Savior. Paul wants to remind us of that. And so let's get into that letter this morning. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. Paul says, and remember he's writing from prison, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Paul says, look, we have the ability to shine our light in a world full of chaos. We have the ability that even in difficult times to rejoice because what Jesus Christ has done for each one of us, he has saved our lives, he's forgiven our sins, and we have been offered an eternal life with God our Father. What an incredible moment for us to to lean into, to realize that we've been called to live differently than the world around us. And because of what we have in Jesus, we can rejoice. You see, we don't have to worry about what's going on in the world when you live in the Lord. He is going to provide every need that we have. He's going to do everything within his power to help us shine our light in the communities that we live, in the neighborhood, in the home that we live, with our workplace. He is going to be glorified. This next set of verses begins in verse 6. He says, don't worry. And the Greek word there for worry can also be translated, don't be anxious. Don't be worried about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, church, this is a moment, if you've got your own Bible, you need to highlight these two verses because they are empowering as we move forward in our current crisis. The reminders that in Jesus Christ, we've got some incredible life to live and let our light shine for those around us. And so I want to reread this a couple of times. And as I reread this, I want you to think about a phrase, a word that kind of comes over you, encourages you, empowers you, Paul has an incredible encouragement to give us. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, 
Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. One more time. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paul says, look, don't be worried or be anxious about anything. Instead, pray to God about everything that's on your plate, everything in front of you, the concerns that you have of the day. And Paul goes on to say, when, you, when you're not worried about anything because you live in Christ, when you pray to God and give everything to him, it's then that the peace of God is going to come upon you. Paul promises that when you follow this method, when you give to God what he's asked you to do, it's then that the peace of God is going to come on you and it's more than a human being can truly understand or describe. We've got an incredible peace that we can have in God. Don't worry or be anxious about anything. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to do anything? Of course not. You and I are going to continue to take the precautions the government has set up. We're going to continue with social distancing. We're going to stay home whenever possible in order to, to flatten that curve. We're going to do everything we can as far as online goes, as ordering groceries or the things that we need for our home. We're going to make sure that our families are taken care of. We're going to reach out and, and talk to our neighbors and make sure that they are taken care of as well. We're going to love on our kids and pour into our marriage. We're going to take the necessary precautions, but we're not going to worry about anything. I'm going to do everything that I can do. and The things I can't control, I'm going to give those to God. And I'm going to let him take care of those things. I mean, after all, can, can you heal your family? No. Can you always protect your kids? No. Can you change your neighbor's perspective? Not really. Can you do anything really about losing your job? Or can you escape the hiccup that finances might be offering to you? Can you control the future? No. Can you change anything by worry? Paul says no. So once you give it to God, you are going to have his peace in the process. He goes on in verse 8. He says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Paul reminds us as children of light that we're called to fix our mind on heavenly things, to, to lean into what is good and admirable and lovely and noble, to, to lean into the things that Jesus would be leaning toward. And it's then when we make a decision to do what God's called us to do, he's going to offer and give to us his particular peace. The God of peace is going to be with you. And many of us are concerned right now about 
about cash flow. We're concerned about sickness. We're concerned about groceries on the table. We're concerned about a lot of different things. We're all ready to get back to quote unquote normal life. And as human beings, we get dissatisfied fairly easily. But you don't have to worry when you know the Lord because God is going to take care of you right now. And as children of light, we serve a risen Savior who's paved the way for all of that to happen. Paul goes on in verse 10, and he says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And the church said, Amen. Church, we are children of light who can accomplish anything in Christ Jesus. He's the one that empowers us and gives us strength. It's not about the chaos that might be happening around us right now. It's all about him and lifting him up, being children of light who follow the light of the world. Church, I can, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, in all through time, God has given his people promises. And I want to share some of those promises with you this morning. And we're going to be in Psalm for just a second, and then we'll end up in the book of Acts. But I want to read some of those promises over you. You know, Paul goes on to say, I rejoice in the Lord whether everything is going my way or I'm chained to a Roman guard. Jesus will always meet your needs. That's what Paul wants to reveal to us today. And the promises that God has given us along the way are so powerful. They're so meaningful for us today. I want to encourage you as we read through some of these promises, and there are five or six that I want to attend to, you should find at the very bottom of your screen the text. And when we get to the phrase, in the Lord, I want you at home to read that out loud with me, that phrase, in the Lord, as we read through these texts. And our first one is in Psalm 37 and verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. The second one, Psalm chapter 11 and verse 1. I trust in the Lord for protection. And Psalm 118 and verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. And finally, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And finally, in Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You'll have the peace not because of who you are, but because of whom you are found in. And as children of light, we are following the light of the world. And because of that, you and I have peace that passes all understanding. So today, whatever you might be anxious about, whatever you might be concerned about, 
whatever you might be worried about, whatever you're carrying, who are you going to give it to? Well, we're going to do everything that we can on our end. And everything else, we're going to give it to the Lord. We're going to trust him that he's got our back, that he is listening to our story, that he's walking with us in this moment. Because when your trust is in the Lord, you have his peace. There's no question. Paul reveals that to us in his letter, that we in Christ Jesus will have the peace of God in our life. And church, this crisis is going to pass. And when it does, we're going to look back on the stories of how we, with the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, rose to the occasion to be beacons of light in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in the communities in which we live. This crisis is going to pass. But in the meantime, let me encourage you to gather your kids and your family close to you, to love on them maybe like you've never done before, to gather with them and encourage them through this impending crisis. Read God's word with them every single day. Pray with them every single day. Practice spiritual disciplines in the context of your home and your family. Check on your neighbors. Be a good neighbor. Live in his peace. Everybody has things that we are worried about. But church right now, I'm telling you, that because we live in Jesus Christ, because he reigns on his throne in heaven, because we can depend on God to fulfill the promises that he's given us in our own life, that we can conquer all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? My hope is that you'll feel the Holy Spirit right now in your soul, that you'll feel him in your home, that you will embrace everything that he has for you and lean into the promises of hope that he has for you in your life. I want to offer one last prayer of blessing for us. Before we go, we've got one final song for you. Thank you for joining us today, and may God bless you in the days to come. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, we come before your very throne. We thank you for how you have taken care of us, watched out for us. You've leaned into our story, and I pray, God, you would give us the courage and the strength to lean back, that, God, as we are children of light, that we would be lights in our communities, in our homes and neighborhoods, wherever we find ourselves. Help us gain strength from the promises that you've given us, that you will always walk with us, that you'll never leave us, and that through your son, Jesus Christ, we can conquer all things. It's in his mighty name we pray. Amen.